When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of... Pre-recorded Q and A. I was like, "What do I call it? It's not because Facebook Live." Well, Tom's we'll say going Facebook to be a Live. lot doing a lot of traveling yes. this month, yeah. so we want to make sure that we still get to all of your questions. So we've been exactly. collecting them and keeping them, and trying to do these quick mini episodes so that you guys yeah. still feel the love. Word. So by the time you see this, I will actually be in Europe. Uh, so if we have any European uh, peeps out there, we are going to be doing a meetup in London. So yes. hopefully you guys will keep your eyes peeled. That's on our yes. Facebook page, so it's right? up on Tom's Facebook page as well as the Impact Theory page. Nice. And it's going to be in central London, location to be determined. And it will be June 15th at 7 p.m. Bam. There it is. Yep. All right. So, We're ready to rock and roll. Come so, meet Tom and Lisa. That's the like, stuff. Ooh, I don't know that I can promise Lisa will be there. So, Because well, my wife's going to have some aware. serious family obligations. Yes. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we have a guest appearance. It's but possible. certainly me. But we made yeah. sure to make sure, wait, we made sure to make everyone aware there of when this was going to be. All right. I just have to say that jacket is fly. Thank you. Well played. You're looking sharp to- today. To bust it out. I, I feel like, like I don't wear my blazers enough. So well, they just I'm like sit in the it. closet. But, oh, and if you're in the Los Angeles area, we're going to be having our first impact hour, which is like a happy hour, but it's the impact theory version. Nice. So join us for cocktails and conversation on June 14th at the Den on Sunset in Los Angeles, also nice. at 7 p.m. Um, and just check out Tom's Facebook page or the impact theory page. For more information. Nice. Mason yeah. will be able to join us. He's not 21. Can you believe oh, that? Oh, no. Well, okay. Is Mason well, the baby? Is there anybody else younger? Will, maybe? How, oh, God, of course, Will. Young William. Whoa. <laughs> will literally, can we say it now because he's graduated? I don't know. They haven't let him walk yet, but he played hooky a couple times in the name of Impact Theory. Yeah. She got to respect that hustle. I know. My mom used to call me out of school sometimes just to, I don't think I ever skipped a day of school ever that's like impressive to me is true? like I would just that is true I would just take my own personal break sometimes I was I'm telling you I'm a rule follower like I was so yeah, terrified so to good. skip school I was very much a I follow the rules but I always I was like the loophole finder hmm. so it was more so a like strategy I was still within the guidelines and boundaries but you know I could kind of convince because like you know between like doctor's appointments if you schedule them at the right time you can get like full day like you can get your absences returned i knew like all the rules and in and out so that like i could kind of finagle that's good that's smart all right so enough of that and we will dive right into some questions so this one comes from zanette georgia nicolas zorza our our boy from greece our greek friend in the house 
How do you respond to the loved ones who seriously underestimate your potential? Do you tell them to shut it or shut them from your actions? Um, sometimes I want to prove them wrong with my success, but their doubt is so overwhelming that I start to doubt myself. Wow. So let's break that up. There's two parts, really. Mm -hmm. So one, I believe doubt is a gift. Let me say that again. I agree. With doubt that. is a gift, man. If you know you're going to do something that you will stick with it, you're not afraid to pivot or change directions, whatever, but that you know you're going to go after the things you care about and you're going to go after them hard and you're not going to stop when you get tired. You're not going to stop when you get bored. You're going to stop when you when you're done, like when you know that about yourself, then doubt is a gift. And so, man, I actually wish more people in my family would doubt me. At this point, my family, they don't doubt me externally. Like they don't mm -hmm. vocalize it. They may all doubt me like crazy, but they don't do me the kindness of I'm letting of, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so the reason that that is a gift is because I believe that human beings are wired to leverage two different things. One, the beauty of what you're trying to create, the people that support you and love you and want to see you succeed. Like that's amazing. That feels good. It's going to give you energy. And I think you should spend 80% of your time there. There are times, however, especially when something gets really hard, really painful, that, and, and I've talked about this before, but if you're doing a research on pain tolerance, the one thing that they know universally will allow somebody to tolerate more pain is anger. Actually expressing anger. So if you put somebody's arm in an ice bucket and make them hold it there, like at first it's not so bad, but then it really gets to the point where yeah. like, this hurts. And when it gets to the point where it hurts, if you want, it's something like 30% longer. If you let people go, motherfucker, and like really express like anger and rage, they'll be able to deal with that 30% longer. So there is something you're able to marshal the, the body's resources when it gets really hard. So in those moments, that's when I turn to the people that hate on me, that want to see me fail, that doubt that I can do it, like, and use that in that aggressive, dominant way to really push through. And like under no circumstances will I let that person be right. So that's incredibly powerful. Now, the second part is they're doubting you so much that it's beginning to hurt your own mind. So now here's the thing. One, if somebody is chipping away at your ability to believe in yourself, you need to distance yourself from them. Now, this gets really hard when it's family, but it's absolutely critical to me. Like if my family were bringing me down with all the love and compassion in the world, I would let them know, hey, I can't be around this level of negativity. So uh, we have to come to an agreement. Either you're just going to stop, like keep it to yourself, or I'm going to have to spend less and less time with you. So let me be very clear what the rules of engagement are. I love you. Like let's really make it hard. Mom, I love you, mom. I love you more than you can imagine. I love being around you. I want to spend time with you. But the things you're trying to do to protect me, because her intentions almost certainly are good, the things you're trying to do to protect me are actually eroding my confidence. I would not words like this, these exact words, okay? Mm -hmm. This is the exact conversation that I would have with my mom. So it's beginning to erode my confidence. Confidence is one of the most important things that anybody needs to cultivate if they're going to go on to be successful. So I fully understand that you only have my best interests at heart, that you really want to help me and you want to make sure that I don't uh, make a mistake that could be very detrimental to my life and my career and where I'm headed. So I understand that those are all really, really beautiful intentions, but they're having this unintended um, side effect. So because of that, I either need you to stop or I'm going to have to spend less and less time mm -hmm. with you, which would be utterly heartbreaking for me. So let's agree to disagree. Let's agree that when we come together that we're going to talk about positive things, beautiful things, wonderful things. And then if she can't help herself, stop spending as much time with her. It's that simple. It's not easy. I get how painful that would be, but you have to. And 
when she then calls and is like, you don't come around as much anymore, you say, we had the conversation. I was brutally honest with you, what I need to protect my self-confidence. I know that you don't mean to do it, but you're still doing it and I can't be around it. So until you can figure that out, and let me tell you all the times where you were saying this out of the other, and again, I'm not questioning your intentions. I know your intentions are good because that's immediately where she's gonna go. But I'm just trying to protect you. Like I say the same thing, they're not really negative. Why are you taking them negatively? This is your fault. You can hear words like that. And so you just need to be abundantly clear. I have a line in the sand. I love you. I have all the empathy and compassion, but I'm not going to be around that shit. So, and then as you distance yourself, she will change her behavior or she'll entrench. If she entrenches, you know everything you need to know about her mindset. That's toxic, whether it's your mother or not. And then if she doesn't entrench and realizes, whoa, like even if I believe to the core of my being that I'm not being negative, those things are perceived as negative. And that's one thing that you can say that'll lighten the load hey, maybe those things really are positive, but just so you know, I'm interpreting them as negative. They're affecting me at a visceral level as negative. So for me to keep coming around, they have to be excised from our relationship, period, simple. Hmm, That makes sense. So, I mean, just going back to the whole doubt thing, like I really do feel that people doubting you is very important to pushing you to that next level sometimes. Just because, you know, I don't know, you get to be spiteful almost and you want to do something in spite of everything that they're saying. And spite scares me maybe, a little bit. Maybe but. not spite, but like, you know what I mean? Like where it's, you have this unshakable belief in yourself that you're going to do it anyway. So um, how would you go about maybe fortifying that for yourself? 100%. Like if um, her family is kind of chipping away at her confidence, where should she turn to maybe create some of that confidence? Mm. Well, so confidence is only internal, so nobody can give it to you. People can mm-hmm. can puff you up, but that's very different than real confidence. So one, humans lead with belief. So I'm about to give, the, this is masterclass stuff because it's a little contradictory, but they're both true. So humans lead with belief. So you have to find a way to believe in yourself even before you have any earthly right, like based on your accomplishments and all of that to believe that you can do it. You just have to understand that you only take the steps that you believe in. So the only thing I think people need to focus on um, building their confidence around and that, that core belief is not that you are great, but that you can become great at anything you set your mind to. Like if people are willing to believe that humans are just capable of that, like once you can believe that humans truly are capable of learning anything, that's when you can really say, I can believe that. So it's like the transitive property, right? Humans can learn anything they set their mind to, I am a human, therefore I can learn anything I set my mind to. Like, boom, there you go. That's the only belief that you need to to then start taking the steps. Then the other is that um, confidence comes from competence. So actually getting good at something, like that's where you're gonna be really confident. Like knowing that I'm good at this, like that's where you get your confidence. Now confidence is a fascinating thing and it will come and it will go. And you could be one of the greatest in the world and you're gonna have to constantly monitor your self-talk, constantly monitor how you're feeling about yourself because in, in an instant, you literally you could have back-to-back emotions where I'm the greatest of all time and then you like trip shit. and fall on your face and you're like, <laughs> I'm a loser. Like what was I thinking? I ain't shit. So yeah, it's... <laughs> It's crazy, but you just have to stay on top of it and manage it. Yeah. All right. So our next question comes from Vinny uh, Brigance from Facebook. What is something most entrepreneurs or people learn over um, only after it's too late? 
Well, I don't know that I ever think that it's too late. So I don't want to get hung up on that. But later than you would want, for sure. Yeah. Um, I really don't think most people believe they can do anything to set their mind to. I don't think they believe that any problem is solvable. And those are the two most critical beliefs for any entrepreneur to have. So you face a problem in your business. And if you believe this just fundamentally isn't solvable, then you close your mind, right? So the reason that I play the no bullshit, what would it take game is I'm trying to get past like, it's right, boom, available now in the Impact Theory store. Um, So the reason that I play that game is because I'm trying to remind myself there is a solution. I may not like the solution. I may not be willing to implement the solution, but there is a solution. So identify like, that game is so empowering because you free yourself from the limitations of even morality, okay? And so, okay, I'm going to free myself from morality. And I remember thinking about my sister, right? And thinking, okay, um, her being overweight is really messing with her emotions and it's making her feel badly about herself. So um, what could I do to help her get lean? Kidnap her, take her into international waters, um, confine her so that she could only eat what I gave her. I'm going to disguise myself because I don't want her to hate me for this. I mean, like some straight V for yeah. Vendetta shit. And <laughs> if I did that, and, and I take her out to international waters because I don't want to go to jail for it. If I do all of that, like she could think fat thoughts all day long. She's going to get lean. It's a, it is a fact You're of right. biology, right? You can mm-hmm. give people certain things to eat. They are going to get lean, period. So the problem is, that while that would address the issue of her getting lean, I'm never going to do that. I think it's amoral. I think it's absolutely sinister. And I think that it would set her up to hate me so completely. I would never want someone right. to do that to me. So, But it was like in opening my mind and going, that actually would work. It's a horrible solution. But now I know this problem isn't unsolvable. Right. It just may be a question. And so then the other answer that we came up with, or we could make food that she could choose based on taste And it happened to be good for her. And at the time, we rejected that as well. And so I felt like hopelessly lost. I had two solutions, both of which would work, neither of which I was willing to do. One was amoral, and I could never get behind that, and also wouldn't solve the emotional problem. And then the other was so unbearably difficult that I was just like, Jesus, like, I'm not going down that path. But of course... Eight years later, that, that becomes bad. Quest. Yeah. And so, and it really was just getting to the point where we could believe that we could actually execute against that. So that's like, that game is so powerful. So entrepreneurs being willing to do that, being willing to step outside, A, just being able to step outside of all the confines of their belief system, right? Mm-hmm. And say, okay, this is solvable. Like maybe the technology is not there, whatever, but like, what what would that solution look like? That gets you in a creative state. It gets you thinking like beyond your boundaries. And then you can begin because it actually like the or we can make the food. That was the second answer. But it was getting out of like all of the confines and just saying what would work. Not we, what we would do, but what would work. Right. That takes you into like this different. It's kind of like meditative. It takes you into this different place where you can think from a whole new context. Mm-hmm. And that's where the interesting ideas come. And so I find that game really fun. And I love it. Like when somebody says we could never do that, like in a meeting. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, 
pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is off Offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're going to have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things, and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online, and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. And you know this. I'll stop the meeting and be like, all right, right now we're going to come up with a solution. And I'll force myself like into that mental space where it's like anything is possible. Every problem has a solution. What is that? And I find that because that like so fundamentally challenges my belief system that right there, like I can come up with crazy ideas Mm -hmm. because it's the mind when you make that demand like solve this problem when you make that demand you'll be amazed what you can come up with yeah you rise to the occasion 100 percent. so there you go 
Booms. All right. So this one comes from B2B Training from YouTube. Um, is it a good plan to have other ideas um, besides your main plan so that if for some reason it doesn't work out or it isn't as you wanted, you can then move to your plan B straight away? Or should I keep at just one plan pushing through it even if it appears the avenue is closing? Absolutely not. No plan B. Burn the boats. Now, having said that, if you're already in a job, you're making some money, there's no reason to quit your job and all of that. Like, Keep that. Keep paying the bills. But in terms of what's that real vision that you're trying to build, don't like nickel and dime yourself with like, I'm going to have three things. It's like, pick a horse, ride it, right? So mm-hmm. let's just beat this analogy to death. You're in a room. There's a thousand doors. Your job is to shut 999 of them and walk through one. So don't plan for failure because then your mind is thinking about all the things that you don't want. You get what you focus on. So if you're like hedging and like planning over here, like instead take our boy Richard Branson's path, which is I'm going to launch an airline and I'm going to protect myself from the downside. So I'm going to make Boeing agree contractually to buy it back if my airline doesn't succeed. So there's no reason not to protect yourself from the downside there. I'm a huge believer in that. But in terms of like, what is your path? What are you trying to accomplish? What is the thing that makes you feel come alive? Like do that. Like don't try to have a bunch of different things. You will be so distracted. You won't do any of them well. So pick one thing, go hard and allow for the like emotionally prepare. I may fail spectacularly in an ugly, horrific fashion, but I've done everything I can to protect my downside. I really believe in the thing that I'm doing and I really believe that I'll learn from the failure if it comes. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to plan for it. I am literally, I'm, I have a why. There's something that I believe in so much that I'm prepared to give myself to it completely. And I think that, that notion of give yourself completely to it. Like I am not conflicted about what I'm trying to build here, uh, which is why I don't mind dedicating seven days a week. I don't mind spending an inordinate amount of time on it. I got, you know, my wife and I did it together so that we could be growing together, like um, spending money on it. It's just not a problem because I know exactly what I'm trying to do and I know why I'm trying to do it. So yeah, that's my answer. There it is. And that's not to say that if it's like a multi plan that you can't like break it down into smaller parts if it makes it like easier to digest but it's more so if you have that like giant separate plan that's just as big it's you know choosing the one yeah all right so this next one comes from igor schmidt from youtube as well hey tom um if you were to start impact theory or something very similar related to interviews like this maybe even a podcast with all the knowledge you have, but no money and no connections, how would you do it? Would you start, um, where would you start and how would you scale? If you don't mind, yeah, that's it. Boom. Yeah. Um, so basically in the early days of Inside Quest, that's where we were. We weren't throwing, uh, we spent money on the set. It would be unfair to say that we didn't. Uh, but I would, so I would do it as a podcast to so start there. So I don't need a set. Um, mm-hmm. I would do it over the phone so that I didn't need to see them in person. Or if I really wanted them to be seen, I would do it via Skype. Um, I would find out who do I have connections with that, that are interesting. So like for instance, the, so I graduated second in my class. Still pains me to this day. Uh, The guy that graduated first, I reached out to him. So he's gone on to have a very interesting career as a sound designer. His name is Eric Adal. He's one of the first people that I interviewed. Just, uh, Just a very, very kind, generous, and insanely talented human being. And I thought, 
okay, like it's not like he's world famous. I have a connection because we went to college together. Right. Reached out to him and said, hey, I'm doing this interview show, man. Um, my whole thing is to really give you a chance to shine so that I'm not a journalist. I'm not like doing hard hitting stuff. Like it's been inspiring to watch what you're doing. And I just want to give you a chance to like bring that to the audience. So doing that, uh, another one of the first people that I interviewed was just one of our employees and just thought he was an incredible, incredible human being. Um, and so again, asking him questions, giving him a chance to shine, like starting with people that they weren't world famous or anything, but they were going to add value. Like I knew that they had a story to tell something to Mm -hmm. offer that I could learn something from them, um, and just go out and do it. And so in today's age where, I mean, it doesn't have to be flashy like this. You don't have to have a set, um, just do it over Skype. I can't tell you how many interviews I've done where I literally, it's just me with headphones in and, and I'm talking and the, you know, it's like middle of my day and I just set aside a little bit of time for it. Um, there are people out there, if you're legitimately moved by what they're doing and you believe in what they're trying to accomplish, that letting them know like, Hey, in some small way, like I want to help with that. And I just really think that my, um, viewers would be inspired by what you're doing. Um, like that's the key. And then honestly, man, and this is where everybody goes wrong. Get really fucking good. Like you better be a good interviewer. Like don't like, I can't tell you and you'd never know because what I'm practicing is being a great interviewee when I'm being interviewed, but I've been interviewed by people. They suck at interviewing. And I'm like, homie, 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 (laughs) like, come on meow. Like put the time in, know who I like, can I tell you, do you know how many people do you know how many people call me up and they say, how do you pronounce your last name? Do you know how many interviews I've done, Cindy? There are like, so many. It, we say it every day on the show. It's like... Several times. What, Mr. Billion. How, <laughs> how do you not know how to pronounce my last name? Now, I never bat an eyelash. I tell them, yay. But in that moment, I'm like, be raw. They're like 100,000 videos. Okay, Literally. That's, a, that's so, an exaggeration. That's like, eh, like, we're not doing our homework here. So get good get good by the time i started doing an interview show i had interviewed in a business context over 1500 people so i knew how to ask questions i knew how to like take it where i wanted to go like get nuggets of wisdom like figure Mm -hmm. out what does this person have to offer me and then even in a non-business context i believe everybody's my superior in some way they have something to teach me and so learning how to sit at people's feet and extract knowledge like i'd spent years and years and years developing that skill so get good get good like get good like don't you want to be great at something hell yeah right like i want to be great and that means a whole lot of effort a whole lot of effort i heard it here first guys there it is there it is um so this next one comes from william m colette um you talk about starting the day with meditation i've tried this but always fall back asleep What exactly does your process look like? Um, So what that tells me is this person probably needs more sleep. I'm going to guess you wake up to an alarm, stop immediately. Um, And then, by the way, like if what you really need is sleep, that's awesome that you fell asleep during meditation, right? Get your rest. Like, and look, there are absolutely times where um, I'll fall asleep on the exhale, like in through the nose, out through my mouth, and I do this hold at the end of my exhale, and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, I need to breathe. Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I totally fell asleep. And it's usually right. like, there was a period there for a while, for whatever reason, I was getting like exactly five hours. So we all know my rule. If I get five hours of sleep, I don't try to fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. I get out of bed, I have 10 minutes to get out of bed. 
And it was just like five hours, five hours, five hours, five hours, five hours. And when I do it like a couple days, like I don't even notice, but too many times. And like during that period, I was falling asleep when the guy was cutting my hair. And I remember like, so he's cutting my hair and I'm like, have you ever been so tired where it is legitimately unbearable to keep your eyes open? Yeah. So I was like, happens. I'm just, I'm closing my eyes. <laughs> so I closed my eyes during the haircut and I'm like, okay, don't start doing the, like the head yeah, bob because then you're going to end up with a fucked up haircut. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, don't do that. Don't do that. But like, I would feel myself, oh, open your eyes. So I'm like, all right, dude, you need more sleep, and, but I don't set an alarm. So I'm like, what do I do? And I'm waking up because I'm just either I'm excited or I'm stressed. One of yeah. those two things is going on. Like if I'm overly stressed about something, I'll wake up. Yep. And then if I'm overly excited about something, I'll wake up. Both things. And so I'm like, oh God, like I need to get in a better vibe. So anyway, just sort of naturally I fell into a better rhythm and I started getting six hours some nights, seven hours, and then, then five. And that's a, a very manageable thing. So if you need sleep, get sleep. My thing looks like this will be really fast because I've talked about this more than probably anything. Uh, I work out first, so that's like a shot of adrenaline. So I'm up, I'm awake. Um, and then I meditate immediately after that. And I'm, I'm really trying to focus on my breath. And there's a reason that I fall asleep only on the exhale, which is that even when I'm really, really focused on the breath, I hold my breath on the exhale for, I'll say ten, seven to 10 seconds to be conservative. It might be a little bit longer than that. So it's just long enough that if I'm really tired, I don't have anything to do other than experience the pleasure of the breath. And so that's where like I'll dip out. The rest of the time, the, you know, each part of the breath cycle may be only three or four seconds. Mm -hmm. So... I just don't, I'm not falling asleep there. So, and I'm really focused on milking the highest degree of pleasure out of each part of the breath cycle as possible. So it's like I'm active. So I'm trying to be calm and creative. I'm not trying to be calm and asleep. So yeah, that's a big part of it. Maybe change your posture because I'm sitting up. Like it's harder to fall asleep. It's certainly not impossible, but it's yeah. harder to fall asleep. I'm not laying down. If you lay down, forget it. Like you're gonna fall asleep. So sit up, decent posture. Um, yeah, that's my, what I do. Absolutely. And like, you know, like Tom said, if you need sleep, get the sleep. Mm. I've like fallen asleep in meditation or Shavasana so many times. Shavasana? Shavasana. What's it's that? It's like the corpse pose at the end of yoga. Corpse? Yeah. It's like you literally lay back and it's like you're kind of in that rhythmic breath. It like ends every yoga I'd fall asleep, class. 100%. Yeah. So it's like some people fall. Because exhausting. Yeah. For me, because I don't but do like, it. But yeah, it so it's like, like it's supposed time. to be where you let go of all the tension. Mm. So it's like you kind of like finally stretch everything out. You're finished. Like you've done your exertion and then you just lay down. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of like meditative. Like you can have an extended one where there's a meditation portion of it. But then for some people, it's just like you fall asleep for that mm. five What's minutes. it called again? Shavasana. Shavasana. Mm. Thank yeah. you. So... Yeah, get your sleep if you need to. And the thing is, it's also totally welcome. Just, you know, relax yourself. Mm. Um, so our next one comes from Instagram from John Z5Z. John Z5Z. So what is, um, what is the emotional payoff of having vague goals and a vague path to execution? Um, why is it the easy option? And th this is in reference to your Instagram post which said, um, if you want to make change, you can't be vague. There has to be specificity to your mm -hmm. vision and your path to execution. 
Yeah, so Ryan Holiday talks about this pretty profoundly in his book, Ego is the Enemy. It was one of the most powerful takeaways from that book um, where he says one of the ways that people pacify themselves is by having a goal and feeling like they're doing some good in the world. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this thing and, um, and they're like imagining it and really thinking about it. And because the brain can't distinguish between thinking about something and actually doing it, that you actually feel like you're doing something. Like... You know, when people say, oh, man, I really want to help people. I want to do good for the world. Like saying that out loud, telling people that you want to do that actually makes you feel like you're doing it, even though you're not like you you haven't done anything. Right. And so that is scary. And that's something that I think a lot about is like, okay, like I'm not joking. When I look at my important time that I put on the schedule at a minimum from eight to ten and I try to make it like from six to ten, like that time is aggressively and only about execution, doing things. So my list is literally prioritized by lead dominoes, what's the highest impact thing, but I also try to keep it to really painful stuff, all the things that need to be done that I don't yeah, like doing. Like so, contracts. Like contracts, right? So <laughs> the, it is an absurd amount of hours that in my important time is just contracts, right? Because A, they're important, because things will stop in the contract phase because it's like there's always something better to do. So... Mm-hmm. Like just making sure that every day I've got the time carved out to do that and the the myriad other things that I don't enjoy doing to make sure that I'm not pacifying myself because I get a chance to come on here and talk so passionately about what we're trying to accomplish that, dude, it would be so easy to like five years from now just still be talking about it and like, hey, coming (laughs) soon and never actually moving it forward. I have forced that to become the most terrifying thing in my life. So yeah, don't do that. That is a very real thing about the human condition. Your mind will be pacified simply by thinking about it. So you've got to hold yourself to a standard of execution. You've right. got to like keep a list and say like, hey, like date it if you have to. So mm-hmm. I put this on my list back in July. Oh my God, July. July. Like it's June and I'm still not done. That's madness. Right. And so that you have that level of accountability to make sure that you're checking things off and moving on and that it really was a lead domino. Like audit yourself. Did I choose the right things mm-hmm. to put on my important list or not? Or did like I go nowhere from these things? So yeah, the human mind is pacified by thought alone. Uh, you're going to have to put things into practice to make sure that you're actually getting things done and then audit yourself to make sure they actually moved you forward. Exactly. And like doing like vision and like goal sheets. So you like have to set a buy when and like have a what a buy when a buy so it's when. like i will have this done by x date Respect. that way you know that if it's coming up you're like oh fuck i have to do it either mm. i have to do it or it wasn't important so um kind of setting those systems in place for yourself and and if you're using a buy when date piece of advice don't change it no if you have to update it that's why you have to put reason. it in like a sheet print it out and like hang it somewhere or put it somewhere where it feels permanent. And if you, for whatever reason, realize that you're, you've missed the date, whatever, so now yeah. you need to give yourself a new date, leave the old date there and put the new one mm-hmm. so that you can see like, whoa, I had told myself originally this is going to be done in April. Now I realize it's not going to be done until the end of June, but I'm going to leave that original April date so that like there's some shame in that. Mm, that is smart. Yeah, something I, like I did. That. And I would put it in red. So I'm like, oh, because oh. on a balance sheet, red means like that you lost money. So yeah. it's like a real thing. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it for our, for our Q&A today. All right. Um, so be sure. <laughs> 
you do this. Guys, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and keep pinging me out. I'll be very active socially. So when you're watching this again, I'm going to be in Europe, but I'll be super active socially still. So hit me up. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Oh, yeah. And send any more questions that you have for any of our future Q&As to connect at impacttheory.com. Booyah. All right. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.